Hey there, if you don't recognize my voice, this is because it is not Tom Karadza, it's Anthony Molinero. I'm a membership coordinator here with Rockstar and also a content producer on the team. And I'm here together with... Yeah, I'm Aiden Karadza helping out again at the office this summer and we took over the podcast. So Aiden is Tom's son. Uh, so this is the podcast takeover number two. We just decided we'd record a couple podcast episodes to keep uh, the pod alive and well while Tom and Nick are vacationing in Croatia. Tom actually uh, arrived at the office today and was uh, taking uh, photos and videos of us as we did the podcast. He walked in halfway through. Uh, but w today we sat down with our good buddy, Connor Eagleson, who's a Rockstar Inner Circle VIP member. Uh, super disciplined guy, really interesting. And it's Connor's personal development practices that have really transformed formed his outer world that we dove into. Uh, he's been able to build a cash flowing real estate portfolio, a passionate career in the Bitcoin lending industry, and a beautiful relationship with his fiance Maggie. And we just really loved hearing what it takes from Connor to go against the grain, uh, go against uh, society's kind of plan for you and live life on your own terms. So separating yourself from the pack isn't always easy, but it can be incredibly worth it. And Connor is living proof of that. So with that, with that being said, let's get into the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, so we are live. This is... Uh, the Your Life, Your Term Show podcast takeover part two. This is uh, myself, Anthony Molinero. I'm a membership coordinator and content producer along with... Uh, I'm Aiden, Tom's son. I'm 20 years old, going into third year at Western and back this summer in the office helping out. And yeah, the second episode, me and Anthony are taking over. And today we have Connor Eagleson on. Hey guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so Connor's a good buddy of ours. He's a Rockstar VIP member, part of the Rockstar Inner Circle membership. Connor, how old are you now? I turned 30 next week. 30 next week. Oh, Coming wow. up. You're getting old, man. <laughs> so so Connor's a really impressive guy. He's he's a young guy. Uh, he's he's really gone down this personal development route, I would say, probably in the past five years. Yeah, since COVID, really, I think just rethinking some things. Yeah. So And he's he's taken a lot of action. And so we just wanted to have him on because he's a very disciplined, I think, motivational guy. I look up to you a lot. I've got a lot of respect for you. And uh, you're a real estate investor. You're in the Bitcoin world. Uh, tell us a little bit about your real estate investing. I don't want it to all just be about the real estate because you have so many more things you bring to the table, I think. But I do want to know about your real estate investing a little bit. I think you just bought your fourth property, right? Yeah, yeah. I can give a quick context. Um, I was on here like two years ago now with, yeah. with Tom. So yeah. uh, quick update since then. So yeah, um, uh, I'm engaged. So my fiance, Maggie, and I, we bought a place in uh, 2019, Waterloo. So that place was two units. It was intentional to live in one, kind of rent the other one, house hack. Uh, so we did that and we actually moved, uh, well, we moved into the upper unit, assumed a tenant in the lower unit. And then uh, within a year, we had moved into the lower unit and did some renovations. So doing that was allow allowed us to uh, force the appreciation a little bit. So then we refinanced and bought a place, a uh, second home in uh, London, single family. And that worked out really well. We, we assumed a tenant there. They've been uh, amazing. And then uh, just over kind of the, the COVID um, real estate market pump, uh, we were able to refinance that place at the end of 2020. So yeah, talk about timing, eh? 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. The end of 2021. So what was your timeline when you got in in 2019? Like how long were you thinking before things were going to start rolling for you? Well, so we were in uh, New Zealand for uh, a year in 2018. So I had had some kind of money put aside uh, for a property, but uh, had the opportunity to go to New Zealand for the year uh, through Maggie's went for teachers college. So when I kind of came back, we knew we wanted to find a place. So our back and forth was a little bit of uh, whether we'd buy like, you know, a, a home to live in and, and kind of start and raise a family or buy more of like an investment with the intention to be able to then, you know, get into our own home a few years down the road. So we went with kind of the, the delayed path. And how did you get Maggie on board with that? <laughs> because I know that you wanted the delayed path and she was probably wanting the, the nice home in the nice neighborhood, that type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So we still talk about that often and it's still the goal to, to do that. Um, I guess the, the reason for me to be uh, pulled toward an investment property was um, when I went to university, my, my dad and a friend of his had actually bought our student house. So I saw the value of owning that student house. I was kind of the live in landlord. Um, what that did in terms of, you know, the, the cash flow, a uh, place for us to live and then just keeping it for a few years afterwards, like my dad was able to sell it for a large profit. Um, it's since sold for like double the price because <laughs> this is years ago now. But uh, so I knew the value of real estate. Uh, I had a friend that was, um, you know, into real estate investing. Uh, so I, I bought that real estate, the the investment before kind of coming across Rockstar. And then obviously now with like being surrounded by other investors, you, you totally. realize. So that, it sounds like you had a bit of a foundation and idea of real estate before you brought that first property. And that's how you made that decision. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So going back to where we were at then. So we, we bought the second property. We didn't really have to do any forced appreciation on that. It was just the, the market uh, that went up in value quite a bit. So we refinanced it. We actually didn't even refinance it at like probably what the full market value was at the time. And then we used that to, to buy a third property just uh, at the start of this year. And then um, the fourth property is it's a family uh, joint venture. So my sisters and uh, well, my dad has is, is kind of been involved along the way, but my sisters uh, were able to contribute some some equity or some um, some cash. And then I was able to kind of I'm the active partner That's in the awesome. family joint awesome. venture as well. So how did that conversation go? Were you always trying to get your family involved from the get go or was it after the third place that your family started paying attention and saying, you know, and wanted to jump on board with you? Did you drive that? How did that joint venture structure happen? Yeah, it's a good question. I'd say it's a bit of both. Um, my younger sister was able to buy a place uh, a few years ago as well in the kitchen area. She bought a pre-construction uh, townhouse. So that worked out really well for her uh, just in terms of the closing period and then the, the market taking off. So she had some equity. And then uh, my older sister uh, also just had some, some some cash aside and it's a way for her to kind of get into the market as well. So my dad's motivation was to kind of set us all up for the long term. Um, he was willing to to go on title and then the the capital contribution was just kind of you know I, I was kind of able to explain to my sisters a little bit the value of real estate investment this is a long-term play you know in in five years we'll have options we can look at selling it we can look at refinancing it um, pulling out kind of any of your, your down payment and then having options from there so cool that's a cool family project for you guys to kind of work together grow together yeah no it's 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 been great and I think for me the one of the more valuable parts of it is like we kind of live in this bubble with, with Rockstar, not so much a bubble, but like everyone understands the value of real estate and like, you know, you're, you're willing to accept the risk and like what happens with tenants and like just handling those problems, solving bigger problems. You start taking those issues for granted. Like you, you've, you've got the, the solutions to those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But totally. then for, for my family, when it's new to them, there's like, you know, some of those new questions and whatnot. So you have to be able to explain it with, with confidence and answer those questions and to really grasp it, to like kind of teach it to others, if you will. 
is uh, it's it's really valuable. Yeah, it can definitely well. more be more difficult to explain um, kind of the problems that the other people are asking and answer those questions clearly so they have enough confidence to uh, to do a JV with you. So it seems like you did that well. Yeah, definitely. Like I think of back of very first, like, you know, tenants send you a text and maybe something's gone wrong. That's minor. It's like, you know, you're very tense. You're like, what do I do? Like, oh, no. And then now you get to the point after you've got a few properties and you've done it for a few years, you just learn to kind of solve. Yeah, you're comfortable with it. And now you know what what the next step is to take. Totally. Yeah. You build that confidence and you build that momentum. Yeah, that's where I love. Like I know Tom, Nick, they talk about a lot of the time, like investing in real estate is kind of like personal development in itself because you, you need to be able to handle the, these curveballs that come up and not panic, you know, sit back, take a step back, look at the big picture, um, treat people with respect, right? When you're dealing with tenants, when you're dealing with prospective like buyers, sellers, everything like that. So uh, I love that part of real estate as well. As Where the, is that fourth property that you guys uh, just purchased? So the, the, the new properties we've bought are in uh, Sarnia. So we were actually, we were, because we're kind of Kitchener-Waterloo area, London is where I went to school. So I was familiar with that market. That was where our second property was. And then earlier in the year, it was just made sense numbers wise, um, like London Kitchener yep. didn't make sense. And then Sarnia made sense. So, um, you know, with rates increasing and whatnot now, we, we do have a variable, variable mortgage on that. So like it is like, you know, it's, it's a new experience in that regard too, because our previous properties, the rate haven't changed. One's a fixed mortgage. One's a mortgage like you were talking about with Dan Patton recently that uh, even if the rates go up, the payment to principal or interest just changes. It doesn't actually impact your cash flow. So this Which has been is a new great. Experience. It's like you can, you can have your cake and eat it too. Like you get all the benefits of the fixed payment and, uh, and you, you know, yeah. 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 So, so these have been, these have been great. We, we have family down in that area and, uh, there's a strong demand for, for tenants, uh, or for like rentals, uh, cause there's not a lot of rent. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Available. Yeah. For this last one in Sarnia as well, you, you find that there is strong demand. Yeah. When we listed it, so following your systems and rockstar systems, uh, I think within a week we had like 50, um, people fill out our Google form. And then from there we did like five or 10 phone interviews and then two or three like further background checks and then pick well, the yeah, all so within a week. So yeah, that's a really strong demand. And this, it actually was fully remote as well. Like I think I was saying to you, Anthony, that uh, I had used your systems fully remote. I didn't have to make a trip down to Sarnia. Uh, it was actually right after the Bitcoin conference in April and I came down with COVID. So I was able to, to use that a little bit to, to not do an in-person showing, but did a video, a video tour of the property uh, just through thorough screening calls and then sharing the video tour. And then uh, had the client or had the client, the uh, tenant sign uh, the, the rental deposit and yeah. then the lease before. Well, the lease was signed when we saw the property, but we had the, the deposit and then we did a, sh a showing in person, obviously making sure that everything was as is in the video and the photos. Yeah. And then they signed the lease. On and the they property. were comfortable with that? Yeah. Yeah, they were. So it was nice because we were able to build uh, quite a good rapport with them over a few screening calls and whatnot. And uh, they also just really were in love with the property. They already knew the area. Sarnia is a little more small town. So they knew the area. It's, it's a nice, nice home, nice area like Rockstar always talks about. And uh, they were comfortable with, um, you know, with proceeding just because of the, the communication. that we. Had How recent was that, Phil? Just for some context, I guess, with the demand and that kind of... Uh yeah, so the um, the process was kind of in mid-April, and then they they moved in in, in mid-May. Okay, so cool. just just after we took possession. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so Anthony, sorry to interrupt, but you do have the really good and strong uh, the property filling information and systems in place that makes that whole process a lot smoother than uh, if you had no clue what was going on. The yeah, systems in place make things a lot easier to fill. Yeah, so for anyone who's maybe wondering what the system is, it's essentially posting your ad to online marketplaces like Facebook Marketplace, uh, Kijiji, Rentals.ca, Zumper. Those are kind of my four favorite platforms, especially Facebook Marketplace. And especially in smaller areas like Sarnia, 
I find Facebook Marketplace is just the best. Uh, and then setting up a Google form, which is essentially a free online form you can set up with all your pre-screening questions. And so all you do is you send a link uh, to people who message you about that property to complete that form. They fill it out. It kind of automates the process for you and for them because you're not trying to do phone calls with everyone. You know, you're not trying to uh, get them on the phone in the first place to do the interview and stuff. It's just quick and easy. You go through your Google form submissions. It puts it on a nice spreadsheet. You see uh, if they have the qualifications you're looking for, income, credit, pets, number of occupants, that type of stuff. And then you book showings with those people, right? And everyone who's coming to your showings is pre-qualified. And so you're kind of weeding out a lot of that stuff at the very get-go in this automated process. Like it's just software. Yeah, you're working with the, yeah, like, yeah, the leads that are coming in are a lot uh, higher quality, I guess, than um, if you didn't go through that pre-screening process. Yeah, and then it's it's the showing, and do you want the place? Yes, if so, they apply, and then you do your background check. You make sure that you know they actually are qualified. Everything they said on the Google form is true. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a little shaky, but for the most part, it's pretty accurate, right? And then, but you do your check just in case, and then you go from there. Yeah. Well, and to to uh, kudos to you, Anthony, for the process and Rockstar because. I've had people say like, thank you so much for this like smooth process. And they're just yeah. like so relieved because even for myself, I've done like some market research and I've reached out to some ads in the area and I'll send a message like, Hey, is this still available? The, the canned message you always get on Facebook, right? Yeah. Just to see how people respond and how that would like make me feel. And they just say like, yes, or they'll say yes, like send your application to this email. Yeah. And, and the having quality communication is so important when dealing with tenants and um, really all of a real estate investing in general, you need to have important, uh, good quality communication. And I think this yeah. is a really good way. Obviously, Facebook too, you can see their profile, but when you have them, you see how diligent they are, right? When they follow your process in the form and if, if they follow up with you as well, it shows their interest and in how like, you know, keen they are, um, attention to detail. Like you can get a lot of insight. Even how they fill out the form. Yeah. Some of the, like if they write a paragraph at the end, I have this one last question, anything else you'd like to add? And if they write like a, a paragraph about their situation, uh, it just really tells you a lot about that person. And it, after you've been doing it for a while, you start to notice, you know, patterns, trends. You're like, that's a good one. You 100%. jump on that lead like instantly. hundred percent. Right? Yep. So since the last time you were on this podcast, I think you were doing phone sales with Craig Ballantyne, uh, who we're a big fan of. He's been on the show a bunch of times. Yep. Uh, you were investing in his programs, uh, a lot of personal development, business coaching, and almost life coaching to a certain extent. Uh, but since then, you've now navigated into a role where you're working at Ledin, which is a Bitcoin and US dollar stablecoin financial services company. So this is essentially uh, a new financial system that's being born and mm -hmm. you're at the forefront of it. It's almost like an online Bitcoin in USDC, which is a stablecoin. So it's pegged one to one to the US dollar uh, in a crypto format. Uh, and you're working in this industry. So mm -hmm. tell us why you went for that. H how did you even get in there? Like, what were your motivations to make this big career pivot into this industry? Yeah, no, great question. Um, so when I was doing what I was doing previously, that came from uh, a sales background. So I think last time, like even before that, I was in just like an account management role and a few different sales related roles. Um, so I think my, my personal skill set, like communication, personal, um, you know, interpersonal skills and whatnot led to a good fit for a sales role because previously before that I was kind of pursuing policing which uh, that's what I went to school for and thought I wanted to do when they say in high school like what career are you going to choose it's like my cousin was into policing he was a kind of a mentor to me so went down that path and then ended up uh, realizing that that skill set lent itself well to, to sales and then um, obviously when I found the the Rockstar podcast as well 
uh, Tom talks a lot about building skills. So I thought sales was always important, right? So working with Craig uh, was fantastic. Uh, learned so much. And obviously, we had an income stream coming in from that as well. Uh, and then from there, it actually freed up a lot of my time because I was kind of like an entrepreneur, like working in his business, but kind of responsible for your own schedule. You set your own hours for taking on calls and everything else. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, using a lot of that time to learn about Bitcoin um, and that space because kind of just felt fascinated with it. Um, going back to like the start of COVID, uh, having more time on our hands. I know that's when uh, Rockstar started getting into it and having some people on the podcast. So um, yeah, so I, I was able to just kind of use the skill set that I had uh, and then just started reaching out to uh, the, the team at Ledin, um, following kind of Tom's advice here and uh, w- they got in contact with them. Were you looking at other Bitcoin companies? Other I companies was. I had a space? few interviews, but I did really like the fact that Ledin deals with Bitcoin only. Yeah. Um, there was a few others that I was kind of interviewing with that deal with, you know, a lot of the other uh, coins. And I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that. So uh, I, I really liked that. Um, I heard Maurizio on, on this podcast uh, when he first came on and and uh, then he came on the VIP call, which w- was awesome, like hearing him and seeing him speak. And I was like, I said to Maggie, I was like, I need to work for that that company. So I uh, reached out to them. Um they didn't get back to me at first, so followed up. How did up. you reach out? Just their general email? Uh, so after the podcast, I think Maurizio left a couple emails. So I, I kind of sent like, you know, mini cover letter and would love to connect type thing. Didn't hear back and, you know, understandably so because they had just raised like the, the first Series A. Yep. And really busy last spring, last summer. Yeah, such a new industry mm-hmm. just growing at a yeah, rapid pace. Exactly. So so then I followed up, uh, you know, uh, I think a couple times and then finally was able to get on a call with uh, not, not Maurizio, but someone else uh, from the team that I also had CC'd on the email. And then, uh, yeah. Were you, were you afraid to follow up or you're like, I've got nothing to lose here? Well, so I actually had a few others on the go and I was doing a few other interviews, but it was kind of one of those situations where like Latin was the one I truly wanted. So I was happily doing these other interviews because I wanted to get into the space and I figured, you know, worst case, I start with someone else and then eventually use that experience to get in mm. with, uh, you know, a company that I really So Latin was to. the main goal. It was, it was. And then, uh, so yeah, had a, had a quick call, call with them and then uh, went through uh, the formal hiring like interview process. So was there an open position or did they make something? There was somewhat. It was, they were looking for someone with like, you know, three years experience in the industry, but Maurizio joked with me afterwards. He's like, it's kind of hard to find in this industry right now when their company's only just now four years old, just turned four years old last week. So, um, they realized that they kind of, uh, molded the role a little bit to like kind of that account management. What, what type of experience, like specific sales experience in the Bitcoin industry or just experience with Bitcoin? It was a little bit of both, um, someone with knowledge of the industry and then, you know, a, a skill set that would suit what they were looking for. So it's essentially to come on and support uh, more like if you want to call it high net worth clients. Uh, so clients that have needs beyond like the what the website offers, the, the retail platform. So that's kind of the role that I've come into is it's like an account manager role, connecting with clients face to face. Like that's something in this industry that uh, I think it really separates lead in. Um, and I didn't really see other any other companies doing it is having like the ability to, to reach out and say, hey, can we get on a call so you can clarify how this works for me? Or can you tell me about what's been going on lately in the industry? So we have a, a team that we're assembling that does just that, right? So um, it's kind of that, that further support and uh, build the trust with, with clients. So they didn't have that necessarily. Um, Maurizio was kind of handling all that, but as the company's grown rapidly, 
uh, that's where I've come in and helped with uh, that. And then we've got a few other team members as well that have come on since uh, since I joined. So going back to your original question of like that that transition is it was something I was really passionate about um, and I was spending all my free time trying to learn about the space. So then it just seemed like a logical fit to then start to work. Were you communicating that in your interviews with Ledin? Yeah, hundred percent. They, they had even said that too, is like, I didn't necessarily have the, the, the experience and, and the industry knowledge that they were looking for, but I came in and like, I, I fully prepared for the interviews. Like I, I, uh, there was like a mock pitch. And so I practiced all of that. Like, that's what they had said was, um, the, 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 I guess the, the part that they saw in me was like, I was very passionate to learn about the space. And like, I think it goes back to like what Tom talks about when you have those kind of qualities and, and you show that you're coachable and, and you're hungry and whatnot, then, then people are looking for bringing on good people, right. That, that can learn the, the rest of it. So it's been a rapid learning curve since then to, to get caught up on the industry and everything else. Um, but yeah, now it's basically. Uh, being in the mix of everything I was doing outside of work anyways is now day to day like you're in this little bubble of learning about Bitcoin learning about the developments in the industry so it, it, it's been uh, amazing I've been there for uh, 10 months now yeah good for you man what's it been like working with those high net worth clients uh, are you feeding off of their energy are you learning stuff from these people who have built up you know sizable whatever net worth yeah 100 percent. i'd say it's very similar i get a similar feel to like the, the rockstar vip group here for example where you can really learn from and fast track based on other people's experience right you don't have to make the same mistakes per se because others have been through it the whole success leaves clue uh, mentality so similar on, on the bitcoin side like uh, a lot of our clients they're, they're very um they've been in the space for a while they uh, have gone through something like what is happening right now, like kind of a flush out in the market. Um, They've seen this before. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So they, they're very calm. They're, they're not worried at this point. Whereas, you know, a lot of like retail or uh, if you run on uh, Twitter or anything like that, totally there's a lot of out. panic. Yeah. So, so it's cool to learn kind of that, that peace of mind, that, that again, time preference that it, they're in this for the long term in terms of uh, Bitcoin and uh, holding. And then just the way that they use the financial products, again, kind of similar to seeing like a, a rock star real estate investor, uh, refinancing a property or, or doing a basement suite, like things that, um, you know, are a little bit more sophisticated to the average person. But in this community, it's, it's very normal. And, and you learn quickly from surrounding yourself by others. Uh, the way that our clients use the products like uh, a Bitcoin back loan, for example, in order to like, do further investments and like generate a higher return on their investment. So like it's really interesting and fascinating to learn about that. Uh, as so they're well. using Bitcoin as collateral to borrow against. Yeah, that's that's our flagship product is a, is a loan that you can uh, get dollars uh, access to dollars. based. It's on awesome Bitcoin that you're on the borrow. forefront of this and being able to see this firsthand because there's not many people at this point still we're so early in this industry being able to see what you're seeing on a daily basis and to see some of these high net worth clients um with their uh their mindset going in thinking about bitcoin and um yeah just what their beliefs are and what there is to come just their uh conviction i guess towards bitcoin is probably awesome for you to see for yourself yeah, yeah. it probably sucks you in a little bit more too yeah, yeah it must because I'm sure that's how we are a little bit, seeing real estate stuff all the time every day. Yeah, you you just um, you get in an echo chamber, which I think can sometimes in life be a trap, but at the same time can be a huge benefit. Totally. Because you're surrounded by people actually doing the stuff you want to be doing, and you realize all these fears that you have in your head aren't as real as they may seem, or there's solutions to them, you know? And it kind of separates you from the general public, and that you end up in this little subculture where what you're doing is normal. And then when you go out into the world, you realize it's it's actually not yeah, normal. Yeah. 
You're but actually- I, I also think that it's important to dive deep in, you know, investing or in a subject or real estate or Bitcoin. It's important to dive deep into these things and be in these little subgroups and subcultures because there's so much you learn so much more. You have to being immerse a part yourself of in it. These groups. Yeah, it's it's that's a great point. It's almost like I feel learning a language. Like to just learn a language on on Duolingo, like the app on your phone. Yeah, when yeah. Everyone around you speaks English, and you're trying to learn a separate language. Versus moving to Italy and living in Florence, and everyone around you speaks a different language. You're just immersed. Totally. In it. The network, the connections you make, just the knowledge that you're gonna grasp is way greater when you're surrounded with like people. Yeah. So it was that your motivation. You you really were passionate about Bitcoin. You wanted to be surrounded by Bitcoiners. Yeah, no, 100% is, uh, I thought that it would just be like talking about Bitcoin all the time, but it is also the reality of, of building a business as well. It's not just, you know, Bitcoin, yeah. Twitter. It's yeah, it's not just what I think of it in my head sometimes. I'm like, oh, I wonder if Connor's talking about this, this, and this that I just saw on my Twitter feed like 30 seconds ago. Well, and that's the cool part about like speaking with clients and whatnot too, is they're fully into all of that. So you can like have those conversations and you build a really good connection and, and build a good rapport with them. Yeah. But then also like you have a strong understanding of how the, this business can benefit people, right? That's the whole um like bitcoin is the pristine collateral like michael seller talks about is like whether we have a client in mexico or we have a client in argentina or canada or chile wherever like as long as you have the bitcoin you can get a loan so that's the really cool part about like something like Ledin is uh we don't care about your credit score or your work history or anything like that so it serves and solves a huge problem like all around the world so that's the part that is like really um i i've loved to kind of see that uh what the problems that we're solving with different for sure problems. yeah yeah, one of the things I wanted to bring up with you is uh, having a side hustle that benefits your main hustle. You know, for you, that would be Latin. You know, that's your day job. But then your side hustle is learning about Bitcoin, uh, investing in real estate. And there's like a direct, I think, correlation. Like both things benefit the other. Even working for Craig, I'm sure, um, you know, like years prior, there's so much knowledge I'm sure you've gained and books that he's written and mm-hmm. yeah. videos that and you... I, uh, I find like a lot of people who want to start a side hustle, you almost have to live a double life. Because you have your day job and then maybe a side hustle that has nothing to do with what you're doing. And I find if you can set up your life with the side hustle that benefits your main hustle and, and vice versa, it just, you live this one single true life where like you don't have to hide anything. Your bosses at work know what you're doing. Your side hustle is not impacting. Yeah, you know, your you've day been job. able to benefit from doing some of that side hustle stuff that's been able to benefit you here and um, yeah, just you've been able to do that yourself as well. Yeah, I've stumbled into a similar story. I was into real estate investing. I was a rock star member and then uh, fell in love with this company. I was like, this is what we're doing here is so cool. And I wanted to be a part of it. And I knew that it would directly impact my real estate investing massively. And it has. And I knew that also my real estate investing would directly impact what I do here massively. I get to jump on podcasts like this now, talk about this stuff. And it's just been this like, thing that I stumbled into fortunately that's and now I'm reflecting on I'm like wow just having everything in line like that mm-hmm. is so helpful <laughs> just in life yeah, like 100% there's not that angst of you know trying to live that double life or whatever like it directly benefits things um I wanted to ask you guys um if you guys want to get into this now about the personal development kind of uh thing that you guys do together um so if you guys want to get into that a little bit that'll be really interesting to hear yeah, so Connor is a super disciplined guy, uh, which is weird because he's just this average dude. He's not like some military guy or something. But what we've been doing for probably since what, January? Something yeah, like yeah, that. Just before Christmas. Yeah, soon after we met, really, I found out that uh, Connor was doing all this personal development stuff. He was into Craig Ballantyne's systems for kind of creating, you know, what he calls a perfect day. 
and that's uh, early morning wake-ups, morning routines, that type of stuff. And so me and Connor would bounce ideas off each other, what we're up to, what we're doing, try to keep each other motivated. And then we got to the point where we were like, okay, let's keep each other really accountable. Mm -hmm. And now we will dock each other money if we don't hit our goals. So we've become essentially accountability partners, keeping each other on track. So one of the things that we do is we both love waking up early in the morning. Um, There's something magical about it. And I, I know they say that like, it only matters, you know, what you do when you're up, doesn't matter when you wake up. Mm -hmm. And that's 100% true. But I think when you wake up early, the entire world is asleep. Like it's just quiet. Nobody's there to bother you. No family, no friends, no texts are coming in. Nobody at the office, like nothing. And so that environment, I just think allows you to quietly reflect, plan, do what you need to do, that type of stuff. So Connor and I are both into that. So if we don't text each other, we've t- kind of taken the summer off a little bit. Yeah, we've been pretty lax the last couple of weeks. So yeah, this yeah. is going to hold us accountable to get back into it. I know, now. for sure. Yeah, as soon as September hits, it's like go time again. Yeah, I've seen Anthony walk in the office before. I'm like, what are you doing? He's sending a quick text to you. So yeah, so uh, if I don't text Connor by, I think, 5 a.m. And if he doesn't text me by 5 a.m., we dock each other 10 bucks. And we just send each other a little emoji. And that's all it is. It's just like, hey, you're up, I'm up, cool. And if, so when I'm like in bed and I don't want to get up, I'm like, Connor's up, he's expecting that text and I don't want to lose 10 bucks. So that really helps me get out of bed. And then something Connor's also been helping me with is stay on track. And so I'll text him by 7 a.m. I have to be at the gym. And then by 9 a.m. I have to be back at the office. And uh, that's been huge. Mm -hmm. It's been life changing for me because when you're doing it alone, it's so easy to slack off. You got no one holding you accountable, right? Having both of you guys together doing that must be way um, better because just doing that, trying to do that by yourself would be impossible. Like having to hold yourself accountable must be way more difficult than having yeah. someone to do it with but you know what it's difficult to find someone who's willing to do that i'm sure it goes back to like what you were saying there aiden is like having that that tight-knit group of people that you feel comfortable with right whether it's a group of real estate investors that are willing to talk about the struggles they're facing or a group of bitcoiners willing to talk about the volatility that we're yeah. going through right yeah so it's the same thing like this comes from from craig's uh you know going through his, his program and whatnot but he talks about the the very important part is obviously it's the accountability, but it's to someone that you, you deeply don't want to disappoint is what he says. So like, I don't want to let you down. Like we're, we're good buddies, right? I'm not going to lie to you and, and lay in bed and, and send a text, but then go back to sleep. Cause it's like, no, Anthony's up. Anthony's doing it. Right. So it's having that, that person that, that you can. R- totally. You guys have on. been able to, uh, yeah, find a good duo and, um, yeah, continue to be able to do that. Yeah. And it's super rare and I'm super grateful for it because I've tried doing it with other people in my life and, and, uh, you, you just slack off. Like there's just, you know, they're not as intense about it. Whereas I find you're very intense. So, and so am I. And so it's like a cool mix because, you know, you'll actually hold me accountable. You know, you'd be like, Hey, you know, 10 bucks, like, Mm -hmm. and you need that. You need someone to actually hold you to that. Otherwise there's nothing there. Like there's no uh, negative impact, you know, Tom's here taking a photo of us (laughs) in the background. He's back from Croatia. Um, um, so man, so you do a bunch of this stuff. You, you do all this type of stuff. You do fear journaling, you do meditation, um, uh, the accountability, you're now tracking your habits. You do morning exercise, breathing practices. I feel like you've tried all this stuff. What's had the biggest bang for its buck? Yeah. Yeah. All of that's not on a daily basis. It kind of like ebbs and flows in terms of what your, uh, you know, what mood you're kind of in on the time. I think the biggest thing has been, um, and Tom talks about all the time, but like literally blocking out that time, uh, in the morning. So having that hour to 90 minutes of quiet time and then any variety of, of, of those different uh, things. But the biggest thing for me would definitely be like the the 
proactive planning of whether it's your year, your your quarter, your month, your week. The the time for me on that, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, Sunday mornings. Yeah. So I'll take uh, at least an hour every Sunday morning. Usually it's two hours because I, I love that quiet time. Um, planning out what is ahead for for the week for sure. Like what are the the big needle movers in like you know my personal life, in our real estate or portfolio. Um, you know, anything that I need to do for work, I usually do that on work time, but, uh, just kind of those three main areas, um, health and wellness as well, kind of falls into the, the personal bucket, set some goals for the week. I know, I know Jatinder was on here recently, him and Tom were talking about this too, like kind of like your own personal KPIs. Um, and then from there, as long as you're like keeping on track with what, what the long-term vision is and, and why you want to wake up early, why you want to do all these things, what the motivation is, like keeping on track and making sure what your actions are, are aligned with, with those goals and that vision. Um, I obviously do, do that, uh, a couple times a year, more of like, a, you know, a, a longer term plan and goal setting, but, uh, monthly for sure, uh, end of the month, you know, planning, planning out the, the following month and then the weekly, uh, planning of what your most important tasks are so that you can then eliminate, uh, and delegate, um, automate the, the, the things that aren't important. I see. So those short term goals you're trying to put in place to meet the long-term goals. I'm exactly. sure there's been times where you've had to change long-term goals just based on different beliefs and thinkings that's changed for you over time. Yep. Um, so how often are you revisiting those long-term goals? Yeah, great question. I'd say usually it's it's twice a year. Like obviously the obvious one is around Christmas time, like kind of quiet time. You're planning out what you want for the following year. I think a lot of people uh, do some of that thinking. Um, and then, uh, this year, like the big goal for the start of the year was to pick up the, those two properties. So I, I actually found that after we did that, and I think we talked about this, Anthony is like, when you don't have something in mind, you kind of get a little aimless. Right. So I knew I wanted to like be able to relax a little bit in the summer after accomplishing that and getting those filled. Cause it was, it was a big push to do that. Um, so the summer has been a little bit more relaxed, which, which I'm okay with. And it's coming to terms with accepting that it's not always, you're not always in this like busy season. Um, so I think that, uh, another time that I like to reevaluate that is yeah, around like, you know, I took some time on our holiday last week and Maggie and I connected and like talked about wh where we want to be making sure we're still aligned and whatnot. So for sure twice a year. Um, and then, you know, monthly, uh, looking ahead to the following month, the following couple quarters for sure. Um, so yeah, the, the, the big thing though, to, to answer your question, Anthony, I'd say was, is that that weekly planning? Because when you're, when you it's all about this, I find, and I think we've talked a lot about this is the, the small daily actions or what are going to compound over time. So if you make that, that good decision to get out of bed, instead of, you know, going back to sleep for 15 minutes, like all of those stack up and, and compound, you know, you eat the carrots instead of the, the chocolate bar, little things. So the, those daily and weekly tasks, and then keeping an eye on making sure those are still aligned with, with the longer term. Okay. Period. And I've heard a lot of people say it's been important for them to have time, whereas it's a little bit of free time or time that they can take to uh, relax and let their mind kind of come up with your own ideas and reflect do you have that time scheduled in or is that something that you uh kind of do as your week goes on when you can squeeze it in yeah yeah great question i think that that's um that's kind of been a little bit of what the morning time is uh for me so obviously if we're like wanting to get a property refinanced or needing to fill a, a vacancy or anything like that, like that, that um magic time if you want to call it that i know that's what craig always calls it that quiet time that you have for yourself you, you want to get those most important tasks done right away in the morning. But uh, right now I've been spending a lot of that time in the morning, like just kind of sitting, um, reading, um, you know, doing some planning, uh, some journaling, things like that. Um, and I think before I used to, and I know we've talked about this, Anthony, like you kind of beat yourself up on like, am I being the most productive in, in the morning? And you kind of like get too type A with things. 
you know, what's the reason that we're waking up early if we're not getting all these things done? But I think I'm accepting more and more to just, it's okay to just kind of have some of that, that, that time to reflect and, and, and be quiet. And like Anthony said earlier, like it's a nice time to do that because you're not distracted by your phone going off or, or any, like anyone else being up. So, um, to answer your question, Aiden, yeah, just, uh, in, in the mornings, like that, that time, uh, that thinking time. And then also, uh, Maggie and I like to on, on drives, like we'll, we'll, we'll put a podcast on, but then we'll also just kind of like be talking, going back and forth cool. on a car ride. Too. Yeah. 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 I've actually, uh, when I drove Christina, my girlfriend up to, uh, Kenora, uh, which is just outside of Winnipeg this weekend, she's working up there for a few months. Uh, we had, t- you know, 20 hours in the car together yeah. and it's like forced connection time. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing else to talk about. You can listen yeah, to a, bit a of lot music, of driving in a couple of days, but it's a lot of connecting, but we were able to connect on a, a lot of different things and hash out, you know, what we're thinking about, uh, for our future and where we want to be. And that's huge. Well, it's so hard and, and sorry to, to cut you off there, but we, <clears throat> and, um, Craig was just talking about this with Tom on the recent podcast. We have so many inputs constantly in our lives now, right? Like you're surrounded by something at all the time. Like whether you're on social media or you're on your phone, there's always the distractions. If you turn the TV on, it's always, you know, mostly negative, but the news, anything like that, macro context right now, everything is like constantly inundated. So you have all these inputs coming into your mind. And then I think a lot of people listening to this podcast, they'd also listen to a lot of podcasts. They're trying to learn, like they're, they're blocking out a lot of that negativity. But they're learning about, you know, um, real estate. They're learning about personal development. They're learning about um, uh, Bitcoin, any different thing. Um, so to just give yourself some time to like not have an input going in, like that's what Craig was was talking about. It's just like go for a walk or go for a drive and give your time some your your mind some time to just digest. Yeah, all a little bit of an output or, or yeah. a workout. Just quiet. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How much of your planning do you do with Maggie versus solo? Do you do your planning solo and then present it to Maggie? Like, hey, this is what I've been thinking. <laughs> present it because uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you almost have getting to your do PowerPoint that. slides ready to go. Yeah. No, she does. She does a lot of these things too. And like, I think the the, the vision of where we'd want to be, like with investments and why we want to invest now and delay gratification and whatnot. Like, we do a lot of that that thinking and talking together, and we're always checking in on uh, that that. Like, those are kind of like the car rides. Um, she's not as you know. We've learned we're, we're different. Like, she doesn't want that you know structured. This is what we're doing next Saturday, and then this is what we're doing the Tuesday after that. Like, that's where that's where I function well is like having step by step by step and, and clear blocks. Um, she's really good at like just kind of having that spontaneous conversation and asking good questions and getting us thinking. So we definitely uh, communicate a lot uh, on goals and all of that together, but uh, we're doing each of our own kind of like individual day-to-days uh, separately. It's not like, you know, we're both sitting down and doing all these things or right? I'm going to her and reporting what I'm working on. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, definitely like, I think you, you kind of asked earlier, like what what's the motivation for all of it? It would be like, you know, seeing, forecasting a future family and wanting to have like a lifestyle where you can, you know, have time with kids and none of those things even exist right now but you can see them and you extrapolate that out and 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 you know a partner uh is a big part of that so wanting to make sure that you're aligned on all of those things mm-hmm. uh does she get upset that you're waking up early you're you are kind of prioritizing yourself a little bit in the morning um how is that managing that with the partner no yeah we've uh we've we've like molded a nice little routine in the morning where i'll wake her up um after i've had like so all five to six is kind of like quiet time where I'll do something by myself. And then I wake her up at six. Uh, we go out for like a, a walk or we go down to the gym. We do something together in terms of exercise in the morning. Yeah. And then from there, we both kind of like go on with preparing for, for our own work day and everything else. But we've got time in the morning. And then we usually try and carve out, if we're both working at home, we'll carve out some time at lunch or 
uh, in the evening as well, whether it's like, you know, going for after dinner walk or unwinding, watching uh, a show, um, reading together before bed, something like that. But like having uh, carved out time uh, together throughout the day. But no, there's there's no yeah. like, you know. So you guys are pretty in line with your, your wake up, your sleep schedules. I find that's huge just being on the same schedule because there's so many times where my girlfriend, because she was working later, would want to go to bed late and stuff. And I'm like exhausted by nine or ten. I've had a full day. And she's like, you know, she wants me to step yep. and stuff. So there has been a bit of that conflict sometimes. But when we are aligned on that same schedule, it's just like magical. It's so much better. Another thing, you're not on social media. I think you deleted all your social media. You don't follow the news. What, what was your reason behind that? Yeah, I, I've got Facebook back now temporarily just for to market your properties. Not. Yeah, yeah, it's because really so no, no it's Twitter. So uh, I do have Twitter as well. Um, so I, I, I guess that would have sparked from um, Bitcoin kind of information no oh yeah sorry i've had twitter i've had twitter it's okay. really great okay, educational okay. tool obviously you have to be a little bit careful about going into the comments and yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting too far down any of the rabbit holes um but i don't check twitter that often uh in terms of like deleting any kind of social media like i used to have uh, instagram and, and and snapchat um a few of those things in, in university and, and since then but uh i guess it was just kind of like priorities of of where you know goals that we had and and where i want to be and and I think those things are great. Uh, they're a great tool to, they can be a great business tool and great socially as well to check in. But I just found myself at times, like, you know, you end up scrolling for 30 minutes and it's like, you get this little bit of anxiety. It's like, I just wasted 30 minutes. Like, yeah, I got all this dopamine hits from from seeing different things. So then I started with like time blocks and, and like limiting time on it. And then I just found, I think you actually told me, Anthony is just like, tried deleting it one time and I deleted it and I haven't really had a reason to, to go back. Like, I think the people that I want to connect with in, in my life are, are important and I speak to them frequently. Um, and then seeing, you know, it's a lot of comparison, I think subconsciously that we don't realize uh, that can impact you. So that's, that, that's my reasoning, at least for, for not being on there. Um, but I definitely do see the use in terms of like something like Facebook, a, a marketing tool or Instagram, yeah. like anything like that. You just have to be really careful about like, um, you know, you watch something like the, 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 the social dilemma and all the founders totally. of those apps don't even let their kids on them because they, they are very dangerous, right? Like if you're not, if, if what, what's the saying about you're the product, right? If, if it's free, then, then you're the, the product. Yeah. yeah. I your think tension is the product. And yeah. I think Anthony, you're similar, right? You're not too active on social media or no, have yeah. a lot of the applications deleted. Yeah. I have Facebook just for property purposes yep. and then I help manage the, the rockstar Facebook VIP group. Um, Similar with Telegram, I'm just there for the Rockstar VIP kind mm -hmm. of private chat we have. But that's it. I've just found deleting those inputs from my life. Uh, I haven't missed it at all. The comparison thing is definitely huge. I mean, you're seeing everyone's highlight reel. Like you're not seeing the negative moments. Oh yeah, not at all. You're not seeing their negative talk, them at the lowest, which is like everyone goes through that. But you don't see that. You just see the highlight reels, the vacations, the totally. big, the big moments in everyone's lives. And when you're following hundreds of other people's, you know, thousands of other people's highlight reels, you just start comparing it to your own life. And you're like, you know, my life doesn't look like this on a daily basis, but all you're seeing is highlight, 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 highlight. So that's been huge, just cutting that out. And especially if you're in a stage of your life, uh, which you're going into now, uh, which we've been going through, which is delayed gratification. Yeah. And also going against the grain. You know, society has this 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 path that it sets out for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, go to school, get this job, get the dream house, get the dream car, you know, start the family. And it's like, that is a, a good path, um, but there's traps along the way. And when you're going against the grain, like if you're buying rental properties before you're buying your own personal house or a cottage or whatever it is, like, like what you and I have been doing, mm -hmm. you can't, you have to surround yourself with people who support that vision. And you can't have all these inputs from other, other people you know, not doing that because it's just like human psychology. You just want to fit in with the group and you have to cut yourself 100%. off from that group. 
I can see how it's so important. I, I'm going to butcher whatever the saying is, but whoever you sound surround yourself with is who you become or something along those lines. Yeah. And I can see how true that is. Mm-hmm. And we discount the connection that it is when it's on your phone because it's like, oh, it's just this digital thing. But it's like, no, you're connecting to these people. You're looking into their lives and that has a direct input on you. Like if you look at your screen time on your phone, you know, nobody likes looking at it because it's like, wow, I spend that much time on a screen. We spend so much of our lives in, in the digital kind of realm these days. And uh, you just got to be careful of, of what you're putting into your head. And it's not like social media is bad. It's, it's a great way to connect with friends. Like there's a lot of positives. I've just found cutting totally. it out has been like, okay, who's actually really in my life? Like who am I actually yeah. calling? Mm-hmm. Which, which of my friends am I staying in touch with? Yeah. Who's calling me? Yeah. You know, who are the real people in my life? There's, it's a balance. Like if, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a balance to be, uh, that you need to do if you don't want to fully delete or, yeah. Off yeah. No, I think I think you and I, Anthony, are a little uh, intense with the full deleting and everything. Like before, I did that. I kind of trimmed out accounts I was following. It's l- literally just people I wanted to see and whatnot. So I don't think there's a problem with that um, at all. And I think going back to what you had asked earlier, Aiden, about, or I think you asked Anthony about what's like the most important habit too. Is like I think combining that quiet time with like not turning to your phone the first or the last thing in the morning whether you're on social media apps or not, or if you're just checking your texts, like we're always looking for like the, those red notification bubbles are so dangerous, but that's like distracting our mind, right? Versus if you just put that phone away for an hour before bed and an hour in the morning and have some time to yourself, like that, that's a game changer as well. Just like to, in order to, to think for yourself as opposed to like always relying on what's going on mm-hmm. uh, around you, right? With uh, something totally. like Totally. Yeah. I mean, all those apps were so addictive. I started the same way. I had to trim down. I trimmed down a lot. I, you know, went from maybe following 400 people on Instagram and a lot of these people great people you know I went to high school with them and stuff but they weren't part of my life anymore like and I was still following along you know spending my life following their life Mm -hmm. but that had no positive impact on my life you know and so I started trimming some of those people out which it feels kind of ruthless like unfollowing people like like it's an insult yeah 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 and people are you know like people get insulted by that oh you're unfollowing me (laughs) I'm unfollowing you that type of thing and uh but I, I did it anyways and I trimmed it down, trimmed it down to like a hundred people. Then I trimmed it down to like 50 people. Then I was like, what? Like, why am I even on here looking at what my buddy's doing? Like, why don't I give him a call and catch up? Yeah. Or, yeah. or you know, plan to became go. your closest circle anyways. Then it was, yeah. So it was step by step, but it's like, it had its grips on me. Like I didn't want to let it go. And you're mm-hmm. so afraid of missing out because everyone else is doing it. So it's going against the grain is so hard sometimes because as much as you want to think that you're like an independent person and don't want to fit in with the crowd, you do. I know I do. We're just wired for it, right? Well, it's like going back to uh, going back to like early human, right? If you weren't in the group, if you weren't like roaming with the group and and killing the buffalo or whatever it was that you were using using to survive, then then you were you were dead, right? If you were outcasted. Yeah. We have this connection to wanting to fit in. And like, I think, again, it can be a positive tool, but uh it's you have to be very cognizant of like why you're on there and, and, and what you're putting your time into, right? So again, just kind of taking time to think for yourself versus taking 30 minutes to look at what everyone else is doing. So it's just what, what do you want for your life? Type yeah, of. we're still just hardwired with that caveman, uh, you know, body, mentality, mm-hmm. mind, hormones. and it, But we're living in this technological world. Like th- none of this would have been possible 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you just, you know, back to the social media thing, if you think about it 30 years ago, you would have gone to high school, gone to college, university, you know, gathered all these friends, all these associates, all these people in your network. Um, but yeah, then life different, goes on. But then life goes fr- on like, yeah, and you move apart happen. from people. You know, you don't, you, you keep the phone number maybe, which is another technological advancement to even have someone's phone number and you keep in touch with some people you meet. 
but people just in life, you go, it's a journey. Everyone's on their own different journeys and the journeys intertwine and sometimes they, they weave back out and you're not a part of each other's life. But on social media, you just gather. Yeah. It's like you gather this almost dead wood and you need to like burn it off, yeah. I find, to get back to the core of like, okay, who's actually matters in my life? Why am I spending an hour, you know, going through Instagram when I could be spending that hour connecting with someone, you know, my mom, my dad, my girlfriend, my friends, you know? Yeah, I found myself guilty of scrolling Instagram, TikTok, and I'm like, oh, what am I doing still on here? Just yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's 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 designed that way. Totally, totally. Like, it's not even our yeah. fault. I, I feel like I do a good job balancing, but, um, like, for the most part, definitely, like, like I was saying yesterday, I was sitting on the couch, I'm like, oh, I'm still on TikTok. Yeah. But well, you're 20 years old, too. You're so young, and, like, everyone is on there. And well, so, it, like, you really are missing out when you are off of it. And so maybe there is a balance to strike for you. I think Connor and I did it in our mid-20s when we had been through university and people are starting to yeah. kind of separate or at least drill down and focus on themselves. Yeah, but I can see how it's important to, and that's why I try to balance and not spend, like, you know, so many hours of my day just sitting there watching meaningless, you know, clips and videos and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, well, and you can think you're as disciplined as you want, but like even on Facebook now, the first thing that's just there, right? Like those stories are up at the top. You see something that looks attractive. Yeah. You click it. And then all of a sudden you're on like five stories later, like a minute's gone by. And like, I have to like consciously be like, okay, like put this aside, but like, yeah. it's just the temptation is, is there. So that's where I found at least like just kind of cutting it out. Haven't really found the need to go back. I think you're nailing it, Anthony, with like the people that really matter in your life, you're, you're going to find a way to keep up and, and connect with them. So that's just my own kind of stance on that. But uh, I think that's been key, especially with, you know, a lot of the, since I've kind of been doing that, it's been like COVID times, there's a lot in the news, there's now, you know, um, war, all these different things, right? Macro interest rates, all of these different things going on, no matter where you go, it's usually negative and, and that's impacting your subconscious, whether you know it or not, like our, our brain's 95% subconscious. So we think we can control it, but, but it's, it's going to impact you. So I've just found to cut all that out and try and feed like positive things into your minds um, and positive support has, has been a game changer. Yeah, if it's not in your environment, if the apps aren't on your phone, if the TV's not in your room, mm -hmm. it, it you don't need the willpower anymore because the yeah. temptation's not there to not press it. Mm -hmm. And it's not exhausting your your uh, willpower reserve, which isn't infinite. Like you have a finite amount of willpower every day. And so if you remove those things from your environment entirely, you know, if you throw out the bad food in your house, you you now have all this freed up willpower. Like it's not a big deal anymore. So uh, that's been huge. So you're cutting out news as well. Yeah, no, I never watch TV or the news. Like the only thing we'd watch is a, cu a couple shows on, on Netflix, but it's never like anything that has commercials unless it's like the odd live sporting event. And even then it's it's funny to like, once you kind of remove yourself and you look back at like what the commercials are and the, the marketing and everything else, it, it's funny to, to see a commercial now. But yeah, cut out all news and, and anything um, anything like that. I heard a really good uh, Tim Ferriss quote once and it was, you know, if something's important enough, you'll you'll hear about it. Mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah. If, if even if you're not paying attention to the news, you kind of know what's going on with COVID and protocols. You kind of, you know what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. You know, you don't know the day to day, mm -hmm. um, but you know enough, right? Like if something's important enough, people are going to be talking about it at work. You're but right. Yeah. You'll, you'll hear, hear of it. it. You'll hear about it. So you don't need to kind of learn about it and then hear about it again at work. You're also, you're already going to hear about it. 
Well, and that goes back to what you were saying earlier is like, if we want to have these big goals about, you know, purchasing real estate and, and getting to a life on your terms, truly, you have to make those hard decisions. Like if you're always making the easy decision, spending an hour on social media or watching TV, watching the news, then life's going to be really hard. And if you always make the hard decision, you cut those things out, you know, you, you take the discipline action in the morning, you, you, you plan out your week, all of those things that aren't glorious, uh, then life's going to end up pretty easy. It's like, you know, that's a saying that, that I've heard that I, I like the idea of, and it's just like in the, in the moment, always kind of consciously making that that hard decision um will lead to uh, uh, an easier outcome in the end i think mm -hmm. yeah i don't think real estate investors give themselves like enough credit for what they're really trying to do like you're trying to live life in your terms and completely control your life and i've seen so many people do that at rockstar you know there's a couple who uh bought uh, you know, a bunch of properties. I think they've got about 10 now in their portfolio. They're retiring. They're building a ranch in Mexico. You know, there's another rockstar member built up a big portfolio. He was an immigrant from Argentina. He's now, he just retired from his job and he's moving uh, to a villa in the Dominican. Yeah. Wow. Like these things are so rare. Yeah. yeah. So like, many cool stories that you hear, which is, yeah, which are rare. Rare. Like who else in life is doing this? I haven't met anyone outside of real estate investors and business owners. And it just comes down to like real estate and, and building a business. And focusing, right? Like Aiden was saying earlier, like you got to have a narrow focus and, and, and have the confidence and the, and the, the self, uh, you know, self-confidence to like stick with it during hard times. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the successful it, right? people I've seen have, uh, has kind of found their thing and stuck with it and went all in on it. Mm -hmm. And that was, um, yeah, that's what was paid off for them. Even if they tried, you know, a bunch of little things until they found that their one thing was, uh was working for them and then they continued growing based off of that. Mm -hmm. So how have you developed that confidence to go against the grain, to shut out all the noise and to just focus on yourself and know what you're doing is the right path? And even your industry specifically, I'm sure there's lots of people that don't understand what you're doing, why you're doing it. They think that, uh, you know, it's not here to last. So you have strong conviction and yeah confidence. you're definitely like a contrarian you're, you're investing in real estate you're not going for the big salary although i like i'm you're i know you're comfortably paid and stuff but you're you're investing in like in leaden and in this industry you want to be in you're definitely a contrarian so how have you developed the confidence yeah um great questions guys uh the the confidence i guess would come from it goes back to the whole like i'm not i'm not the one like figuring out all these like great ways to, to, to live a life and get a life on your terms. Like it, the whole success leaves clues. Like I think it's like putting your ego aside and just like learning and leaning on people that are, are living the life that you want. Like you look at like Tom and Nick, you look at other VIP members, like you're talking about uh, moving to Mexico and, and building a villa. Um, that, that would be like, I guess where the confidence comes from is seeing enough other people that are, that are doing it and that it's worked for. And then uh, just accepting that, you know, if you can follow the same path, uh, generally, then you're probably gonna end up with similar results. And then in, in doing so, you have to make sure that, like Aiden was saying, you have to kind of focus and be able to block out a lot of the noise. So that's where I think like, you know, getting off of Twitter when, when the Bitcoin price is dropping by 20% in a week and seeing all these negative comments from, from everyone coming in. Um, and then, uh, even like real estate right now, like, you know, you go on anything or any kind of post about real estate and interest rates and, and the market's going to crash completely like that, that can get to you, right? Even if you have that conviction, you have the confidence. If yeah. You just over time, you seeing, see it that, seeing it and yeah. seeing it. Yeah. eventually so, so it goes back to like finding these positive groups like anthony you and i uh, speaking and then aiden every time we were able to catch up like it's just positive support of people that understand and being able to like have the conversations about like you know the, the struggles that you are going through per se um with whatever's going on but having that that, that trust and, and and those conversations uh, help a lot as well 
Um, but, but yeah, I'd say like in terms of accepting the contrarian, like I think, uh, it's, it's just realizing, and it comes from books as well, like reading a lot of books that, um, the, I don't think like you were saying it earlier, Anthony, like the, the, the general outline that, that society pushes for people isn't really set up to, to make you wealthy and to, to get you on a life that, that you're in control of, right? It's gets you set up for a, a job where you're kind of, uh, handcuffed to the job, um, you know, maybe you're able to put a little bit aside and, and get a bit of retirement later in life. But if you want something uh, unique and if you want something that is going to allow you to escape from that, then you need to kind of take actions like Tom always talks about. If you see 99% of people going one way, like ask why and, and maybe consider the other direction. Do so, any specific books come to mind when you mention books there? Yeah. One of the ones that I read early, well, obviously, I think uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad's a, a given, but uh, one's uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind kind of was a good um, uh, mindset changer around money. And then just, um, you know, in terms of you ask about the confidence, Anthony, like a lot of the, the, the personal development books, uh, like the Dan Kennedy books are really good. Uh, Robin Sharma, all of those are really good. Uh, Napoleon Hill, obviously. Um, so there's the classics. And then, um, yeah, I think uh, one of the ones that I always go back to, it's not necessarily like it kind of helps in all areas of life is the the How to Win Friends and Influence People book. That one's been great. I just finished that this week and that was really good. Yeah, I like to read that one like once every few months because it's just, you know, those principles are timeless. Totally. Um, but yeah, the the reading, the, the quiet time for yourself, uh, having that tight network of people that are, you know, on a similar path. And, and you know, sometimes you feel naive and it's like, uh, are we being fooled here with like, you know, Bitcoin and, yeah, yeah. and, and everyone listen to that. But it, it would again would go back to people that I feel are a lot smarter than me and have a lot more experience than I do. Um, you know, I, I guess I put trust in them that uh, the information and the research that they've done is is thorough, right? A lot of real estate investors, they've got the experience. A lot of people that have, have been in Bitcoin for a longer time, they, they've studied macro economy, they've started, studied um, ec economics and everything for a long period of time. And then things have kind of, you know, clicked for them in that space. So it's just it, all the information's out there. It's just kind of sifting through what path you want to go on, finding something that aligns with you and then going all in or focusing on, you know, one, two, three things that, that uh, you feel. Yeah. The Bitcoin rabbit hole specifically has taught me a lot more than I think it ever would have just with economics, monetary policy, um, even it, regular politics, energy, history, yeah, history, technology, history, computer science, philosophy, crazy, like, like everything in there. Yeah, so much global of, politics. Yeah. So much of what I've recently learned and have enjoyed learning is uh, all pretty much based off of and because of uh, the Bitcoin was the initial thing that dragged me into yeah. this. It's such a it's so weird. It's just a software program running on the Internet. Crazy. Uh, it sucks you into like living your life differently, mm -hmm. broadening your, your time horizon, thinking longer term, yeah. thinking long range, right? Mm -hmm. um, in every area of your life. Well, that ripples into your health, right? Do you want to eat something today that's going to give you that satisfaction? Or do you want to make those hard decisions yeah. that compound over months where you can be healthy? And if your money's going to last you longer and you're, you're going to have that ability, um, then why wouldn't you want to be healthy in order to like live a, a more fulfilled life later in life when hopefully your, your investments have paid off as well? Totally. You, you were talking about uh, just the path that society lays out for you mm -hmm. and how that's what the 99% of people are doing. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think people get sucked along into that? Um, yeah, deep there. Um, well, Maggie Maggie and her family, they've been into teaching. Um, like, she's she went to teacher's college. A lot of her, her mom and her, her aunts were teachers. I think it's just, like, the way that society developed and the, getting into some history and everything. Like, I'm not an expert on any of this, but, sure. like, you know, we literally developed schools as a way for, you know, the, the agricultural society to then, when it wasn't 
in um, harvesting season. Then, you know, you put the kids in school during the winter and everything. And then you kind of have this curriculum that gets ingrained in people. It doesn't really pump out people that are going to think differently or be entrepreneurial. It, it really pumps out someone that then can go work in a factory, right? When, when factories came out. Um, so I think the educational system, the reason I bring that up is because we talk a lot about it and like teachers, I think are amazing and they try and find ways that they can kind of um, put their own spin on, on those curriculums. But a lot of it is like just kind of mass, like university, um, high school, all of that is like you follow a certain path, right? And so we all get ingrained as to what's successful with, with, with that path. And uh, I think it takes a lot to uh, kind of stray away from that because you going back to what we talked about earlier, you always want to kind of fit in with, with, with what others are doing. So for such a long time, um, the norm was, you know, you're really successful if you went to university, you got a job. But everything's related too. like we talked about Bitcoin, like before you could do that, you could go get a job after university that would pay you really well. You could buy your house. But then you guys know what the charts look like now, right? When the real estate's gone up like this. Times and then, have changed. And, and yeah. then the income's gone like this. So I think a lot of people are kind of realizing this and, and they're feeling the strain and the struggle. And that's where uh, I think, you know, we're not alone in terms of starting to think differently um, in terms of like, you know, the current system and, and, and how we've gotten to this point. Uh, there's going to be a lot in, in the next uh, few years here. And I, I think Bitcoin will play a big point, a big part of it. But um, it, it's so much more than just, you know, what uh, what your job is or what you know path you're on. It's it's, um, you know, what what is important to you. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of losing my train of thought on, on your question. That was a good answer, but, man. Yeah. That was a good answer. But you're right. I, I have heard that about school that they were set up, especially with the industrial age mm -hmm. to set you up to become factory workers. That's like what the bells are. Yeah. Follow orders. And uh, it just gets beaten into you, mm -hmm. into your psychology. And it does take a lot to kind of break free. Yeah, it really does. I think I think the business that'll do really well now in this kind of new age is the ones that do offer more of that like kind of entrepreneurial. Like I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with having a job and a job can serve you really well, right? We all know like when you go to the mortgage broker and, and you want to qualify for a home, like it's it's hard if you're entrepreneurial and you and you're self employed. Like it, it's it's yeah, hard to then have the investing income, part too, yeah. right? So there's nothing wrong with having a job at all. Want to qualify? Having a job that allows you some freedom to like you know be creative in your role and and have some ownership and and you know be flexible, not just you know checking in, checking out, kind of turning your mind off. It goes back to again like being challenged and, and, and thinking and, and, you know, if you can take that into your work, then I think that's, that's amazing. And then you can use that outside of work, focus on your side hustle, focus on your investing and kind of still build a life on your terms. You don't have to be entrepreneurial. Cause I think that's another thing that is really, you go on social media. I, I, I know Anthony, we've talked about this is like, you feel like you should have like, you know, two businesses on the go by the time you're 25 and mm -hmm. have all this passive income because that's all anyone talks about on social media, but it's, it's okay to have a job as well. And to kind of follow that traditional path, it's just, again, being conscious of like, is that a path that you're choosing or is that something that, you know, you're just kind of following because everyone else is doing it. So. Sure. And if you own a rental property, you own a business. A hundred percent. Make no mistake about it. I didn't think about that until maybe my second or third. I'm like, like, oh, I've always wanted to, you know, own a business and stuff. And I was like, wait a second. You know, I've got three properties, each yeah. have their own balance sheets, each have their own income statements. Each has their own customers paying me every month. I'm maintaining these. I'm upkeeping them. I'm yeah, improving the businesses over time. I'm revenue learning. coming in. It's a business. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I think I read somewhere that like in the early 1900s, like 90% of people were essentially self-employed. It was all farmers, essentially. And, uh, you know, with the industrial age, that's all shifted, you know, factory workers and stuff. Now everyone's employed. But I think you're right. We're just on this big cultural trend shift where people are now... Uh, relying on themselves more and becoming more entrepreneurial and I think real estate is just the best way to leverage that T4 income to start that journey mm -hmm. yeah cool do you have anything else for Connor no I think that was that was a great conversation yeah 
yeah, no, thank you guys. Uh, love, love these conversations. And like we talked about throughout, it's like when you have these conversations, it always motivates you, right? And you're thinking on the same way with, with other like-minded people and network like this. So really appreciate all, all of the, a lot of the things Maggie and I have been able to do. We really uh, owe a lot to, to Rockstar. I know you guys are a big part of that, Tom and Nick and everyone in this community. So really appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the kind words, man. And it's, it's right back at you. I've directly seen the discipline that you've put in your life have the impact that it has it's gotten you like this dream job it's gotten you the properties it's gotten you the great relationship with maggie so it's really cool to see man so yeah keep it up cool thanks cool. yeah thanks guys so we want to thank connor for coming in he's a super motivational guy and we really enjoyed that conversation so thank you connor and if you want to reach out to him he was kind enough to share his email address which is connor underscore eagleson at hotmail.com that's connor underscore eagleson at hotmail.com connor with two n's and with that until next time your life your terms